This is Henry Lopez, and I welcome you to this special series of episodes on the topic of human resources. David Begin recently had an opportunity to speak with Claudia St. John. Claudia is the president of Affinity HR Group and an author and HR professional with more than 20 years experience in human resources. David chats with Claudia about a broad range of topics related to managing human resources in our car wash businesses. From the challenges of recruiting good employees to the impact of federal regulations, Claudia shares valuable and practical information to help us become better operators. This is part three of this series with Claudia St. John on human resources. If you missed parts one and two, you can find them at thehowofcarwashing.com. This episode is sponsored by Focused Car Wash Solutions. Now, here is David Begin and Claudia St. John. Welcome to the How of Car Washing, the podcast that helps the car wash owner, operator, and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez. You know, as car washes grow, we're seeing car wash owners own multiple mm-hmm. chains or multiple units. Now, these units could be separate LLCs. It could be separate ownership um, entities. I, I learned the hard way with with uh, overtime. Mm-hmm. So back when I first started, I thought, well, since they're different entities, um, you know, they can work 30 hours at one car wash and they can work 20 hours at another and it's not overtime. Well, the Department of yeah, Labor it is. <laughs> somehow found out. <laughs> and, you, and you know <laughs> and how they found out, they, uh, right? Well, probably somebody yeah. said something. Um, would be my guess. But but then I realized, no, because even though they're separate entities, you hold yourself out to the public as being one organization with multiple mm-hmm. locations. The exception being right. franchises, which I was surprised to hear, which d- disappointing. They, they got a pass on that somehow. But, if your um, franchise, if multiple franchises are owned by the same entity? No, I, I thought it was if they worked... Well, yes, yes, that, that that was my understanding. Maybe I didn't understand it, but that was my understanding. Maybe I was wrong. I think if the if the franchises, if you work for McDonald's in in Auburn and then you work for McDonald's in Sacramento, as long they can't add them together unless they're owned by the same franchise owner. Okay, I believe. okay, you probably have a little bit better. I, I was I wasn't thinking yeah. very clearly after that because I I paid out a lot of overtime. Uh, I didn't pay a lot, but we, uh, we went out and paid people, which was good because if we weren't following the law, you know, it was good to know that 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 was the yeah. case, and we've you know we've we've since corrected that problem. But um, so if if I if if I'm in a situation with different ownerships and I get above fifty employees, am I subject to the fifty employee reg- rules and regulations? Um, it depends. Um, it actually depends. So for example, for Obamacare, it, it did apply. So you would have to tally up all of those employees in order to see whether that, that added up to 50, um, under family medical leave. I'm not quite sure whether it does apply. Um, so, so it, it, it depends on each one of the regulations and the regulations themselves specify very clearly how you count employees. Okay. So what is it? What is an employee? Is it 50 hours or, I mean, is it 30, 40 hours or is it 32 hours? And if you have two part-time, does that account for one full-time? So all of those specifications of, of, you know, of, of what, 
um, what constitutes an employee and what kicks in at what point in time depends on which one of the laws we're talking about. Okay. Family medical leave is different than um, Equal Employment Opportunity Act. Okay. Okay. So for example. in the case of it depends, we're better off getting some help from people like you to Just, figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It, it, because for a couple of reasons, one is you don't want to make a mistake and find yourself that you're financially liable. But the other thing is you don't want to, you don't want to assume that you have to when you don't. Right. Um, and that's usually more often the case than not. Usually it's an employer that thinks that they have to do some stuff and they really don't. Yes. So you save yourself some time and effort on that. So the big takeaway is don't use your, your neighbor's employment guide. <laughs> don't use your neighbor's. And if you have a question about it, yeah, sure. Google it. But, um, th and that's the other thing that's, um, that's one of our sort of guiding missions. What's so important for us is that, um, you know, it's, employment law is really expensive and that, that's because you you google and you see what the what the regulation is or what the law is but it's all been altered and changed by case law case law makes employment law a constantly evolving thing you know going on just like as i said this massachusetts case with with the medical marijuana mm -hmm. um, it's always better to ask than not to ask and unfortunately for most car washes, the place that they would ask is their lawyer and it's the most expensive way to go. So, right. um, you know, when in doubt, uh, shoot, shoot us a question. And that also gives us some opportunity to figure out what, what Monday minutes to write about. What are, what are the questions that folks are having so that we can, you know, be developing content that, that is relevant and, and on the minds of, of the owner operators that we deal with. Right. Good, good. Yeah. That's great advice and good. And I, I am working on my, I've, I contacted you last week. We are working on our employment guide and we're going to get yes. it cleaned up. And if you spent the last hour selling me on it, we're going to get it done. So, uh, <laughs> well, no, good news is there's no good doubt. News for you, just to just to just to toot your own horn, I think it would only take two hours for us to update that handbook. So good. you're in good shape. That's yeah. Terrific. Good. Good. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, the difference. Someone as far as the hiring employee in the re, in the retaining process, I, I sure. see those as different. Yes. Processes how you you uh, you recruit people and how you retain people. And I'm going to put it in the context of pay. Because I've always gone back and forth. And we had this discussion last week. Do you try to pay people more money with less bonus or no bonus? Or do you try to pay people less money and put a bonus component in there? And 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 my my idea is, you know, if I'm hiring at 14 bucks an hour, is it better for me just to hire at 15 or 16 bucks an hour? Because it's going to attract a better pool of candidates and throw all my money into the per hour rate. But it also, I, I like to reward and retain employees and I want to reward good behavior and kind of punish bad behavior or, or not, not reward bad behavior. And so I like that bonus component of when we pay bonuses quarterly, um, I'm able to recognize people that are doing well and try to encourage people to do better. So what, what's your thoughts at this? And I think, I think being around that, that level, right, at the lower level pay scale, it, it, it puts a, you know, there might be a different twist to it. Sure. Well, what I will tell you is, first of all, from a recruiting standpoint, that base pay is key. Um, and that's one of the challenges and one of the, the sort of pieces of bad news that we've had to deliver time and time again to our clients when we're doing recruiting, which is there is a huge pressure on pay to, you know, to increase pay. And um, you don't want to lose somebody because in aggregate you're talking five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 a year 
um, just because of that, you know, that extra, that extra bit, because it's hard to find talent. So my, my advice, especially if you're in a location where you've got this pressure on increasing the minimum wage is to dump all of your money into that wage. Also, because um, money is not a great motivator. It is in very certain circumstances. Lack of money is a demotivator. But if you want to start talking about incentives, there are some really terrific incentives out incentives out there that are meaningful to people, but that don't cost you money, including money and taxes and withholdings and all of that stuff. Um, and and you know they can be something simple like you get you 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 qualify for a half a day off per quarter or a day off per quarter or you get your name in a you know a special incentive or you know you 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 have um, a leased car for the franchise and and you know the, the employee gets to use the leased car for a week or whatever or a vacation you know think about if if it costs a thousand bucks to 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 go on a vacation for let's say a, a long weekend to go on a cruise, right? Put somebody, put, you know, put that incentive out there for a cruise. There are lots and lots and lots of ways to incentivize good behavior that don't require base money. What we know about employee engagement is um, there's this fabulous Gallup organization that's been studying employee engagement. And the components on, there's 12 basic things that are on that list. Number one is I know what's expected of me at work. Number two is I have the tools and the equipment necessary to do a good job. Number three is um, somebody at work, ha, you know, cares about my development. And, and it goes on from there. And it's all basically... I have the tools and equipment to do the, a good job. The people around me are committed to doing a good job. I get the feedback that I need. I'm treated with respect. And I have opportunities to learn and grow. Done. Yeah. Money's not on there. So, you know, I, 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 I'm a strong proponent of being creative about your incentive and throwing the money in the base pay. The other thing I'll tell you, which is kind of a scary statistic, but you, David, you already know this, 22% of all turnover happens within the 45 days. So you do those 45 days right, you're likely to have that person for the long term. You don't get it right, they're not going to last. Um, right. So being sure that you you have a, a buttoned up, solid onboarding, training, engaging program for your employees early on will go a long way. Sure. that that That's a sobering statistic. And a lot of us in the car wash industry have experienced people just not showing up mm -hmm. to work. So they, they've decided, and I was told early on that, that, you know, the thing, the interesting thing about car washing is many people have not been in the car wash business. If they're going from I'm going to say Taco Bell to McDonald's. They sort of know what yeah. they're getting into because the the business is similar, but car washing is is very unique and when you do hire people, you know, we want to clap our hands and and declare victory and move on and continue doing what we're doing, but people are still in the interview process when sure. you've hired them. They're still trying to decide whether or not they've made a good decision to come work for you. And if they decide that uh, they haven't made a good decision, then they're going to go somewhere else. And, and we've had people just not show up. So they don't call, you know, we call it mm -hmm. no call, no show. And if people just for whatever reason decide they don't like it, they're just not going to show up. And that's, that's very devastating for our business because we don't, we don't have a lot of employees on the clock at any one time. Right. And, you know, and, and I, I think one important thing is that when, when, especially in this tight labor market, we're just so happy that somebody's going to come to work for us. We're, del we're delighted, you know, and we, and we're like, yay, it's wonderful. 
But sometimes in that process, we oversell the position itself. You know, so it, as I said, it's hot in the summer and cold in the winter and lots of different things in between. Be real about the work environment and and promote what's great about it and promote the incentives that you're going to put in place. You know, one incentive that I love are sabbaticals, you know, giving people after five years a month off with pay to go and do whatever they're going to do. So you hire a temp for a month, you know, it's, it's, it's not a very big expense for an employer, but boy, wouldn't you love to be able to get a paid month off? Yeah. Um, you know, doing incentives like that for your long-term hires and being honest about what the job really entails, you work hard, but you also get these great benefits. Yeah. The other thing, the other thing that's an interesting statistics, just talking about millennials, um, millennials and generation Z, you know, they've kind of come up in an age of financial insecurity. So if your company is one that contributes to a 401k, they might not even know what that is, but that's huge for them. So being able to promote those longer term benefits and programs and spell it out for them, you know, at your pay at this, you know, contribution level, you know, you might have 20, you know, $15,000 saved at the end of a year, you know, so that, that sort of thing between the employer and the employee contribution, spelling that stuff out so that they can see the financial security that they can develop by working with you. That makes a lot of sense. And as you're saying this, I realize, man, we've really got to compete for employees out there and, and the days of just being able to pick people up and and say, come work for us and they're going to be happy and stay with us for years. Those days, I think, are long gone. So we're going to have to get a lot more creative in the car wash industry to get people to to join us and, yep. and to see it as a long-term career. I think that's the thing that's evolving as well in the car wash industry is it's becoming more professional in many mm-hmm. cases. So the ability to be able to work on equipment, the ability to do good customer service, the ability to manage multiple sites are all things that we now have at our in our tool bag to incent employees to say, this is a good long-term career if you decide to do it and, yep. uh, and get people excited about it. This episode of The How of Car Washing is sponsored by Focused Car Wash Solutions. Focused Car Wash Solutions is your complete guide to having a successful business in the car wash industry. Whether you are a new investor or a seasoned operator looking to make improvements, the experienced team at Focus can help you every step of the way. For more information, please go to FocusedCarWash.com. Yeah. And, you know, two populations that we often overlook when we're looking at potential employees that will be very loyal and will do very well if you get the right employee. One are ex-cons, rehabilitated ex-cons, because they have they really, really, really struggle to get meaningful employment. And when they get it, they keep it because they know it's really, really hard to get it. And the other is returning military veterans. You know, they they. They, a lot of them are struggling and given the sort of technical, automotive, mechanical, you know, experience that so many of them have, they have the potential to make great employees. They really so, do. Yeah. yeah, I would encourage anybody to, to, to talk to their local corrections facilities and, and they'll tell you which ones are the good hires. They, they know, they know the, the, the good ones from the bad ones and can guide you in the right direction. And also your, most locations have some form of, Re- returning returning employment services for returning vets. 
Yeah, and and that you bring up a great point because we got five military bases here in Colorado Springs, and I've had very little luck hiring the military. So we ought to talk a little later on on maybe some strategies for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I've yeah. I've always thought they'd be tremendous candidates because they're, you know, a lot of them have worked on different like especially in the army. We've got a huge army base here. They worked on vehicles. They're mechanically oriented. They understand discipline. You know, they understand that that high, that whole process of how to work and. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but for whatever reason, we just haven't had a lot of difficulty. So we got to do a better job of that on our end. Yeah. And, and, and the place that the, my recommendation to that is to, they, I'm sure in Colorado Springs, you've got some, um, uh, mat- returning military employment service organization, some nonprofit that's out there to try and help these returning vets, you know, get, get employment. Okay. Good point. Good point. Claudia, this has been so fascinating. We can go on for hours and I, I want to do this again. So if we, if, if I can maybe ask permission for us to make another recording later on, we'll talk about different subjects, but I think this is so valuable to, to the car wash industry and, and to our listeners real quickly, you're doing something with women in car washing. Why don't we talk about that? Then I'll get you to kind of, people want to contact you. What's the best way to get a hold of you and your firm? Terrific. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so in Las Vegas in, um, in May, uh, at the, at the car wash, was it May or April? Um, it was, uh, April, April, we facilitated a session. It was the very last day of the car wash. Car wash show was ending about two hours later. And I'm kind of at the last minute, the folks at the car wash um, uh, association said, you know, boy, it would really be nice to get some folks together to see um, whether or not there's an interest in women in the industry and what are their concerns and what are the issues that they'd like us to talk about. So we put together, I facilitated what's called an open space conversation where they got, they all got together and, and I basically said, what conversations would you like to have with other women in this industry? And people raised their hand and we put it all out there and then they all sort of got together in these groups and, um, and we had 50 people, 50 plus people at that session. First thing, Saturday morning, last day of the show. We had more in that group than any other walking up and down the hall, um, you know, educational session. And, and it was fascinating. And they talked about really important things. They talked about, you know, building a mentorship network and how can we work together to encourage each other and, and get the training and development. One of them was, you know, we're not seen as authoritative or knowledgeable by, by peers and by clients. They assume, you know, is your husband around when, you know, these are the female owners of these. And, you you know, it's, it, you know, the automotive world has always been a fairly male dominated yeah, yeah. one, but how to, how to deal with that and how, how also to become knowledgeable so that you can legitimately own that, you know, who, who, who knows, who knows the best about this or about that? Well, it's me. I own the company and I'm, I'm happy to, to help you. Um, and also just sort of getting getting some of the um, associated with that is there are some physical elements of, of working in car wash that at sometimes may be beyond the physical capabilities of, of, of a smaller woman, for example. So what are some tools and resources for being able to do that? And continuing education, how do we learn? Um, and how can we network with one another? And how can we break through so that people think of women when they think of car wash? Because again, this I thought this was fascinating. So many people who go to the car wash are women. So, so they're there. What do they want? Well, they want a place that's going to be fun for their kids and clean up the cars. And so how do we attract women into 
into our car washes, not necessarily as employees, but, but how do we speak to them? Um, so that like the subjects were just fascinating. And so um, I'm delighted to report that in November, we're putting together a women in car washing um, uh, event um, in Chicago, and we're going to be creating opportunities to dip deep, dig deeper into those subject areas that we discussed in Vegas um, and create, you know, real, hopefully real lasting networking opportunities so that, um, so that the conversations among women in car washing can continue when we're not in the middle of a session. So I'm, I was thrilled to be asked, absolutely thrilled to be asked. So Yeah, that's fantastic. That's good. Yeah, we're excited about that. And I think it's such an area you know, we, we need women in car washing because they bring such a perspective and, you know, uh, they, you know, they, they add so much to, to, to the dynamics of what takes place at the car wash. And so encouraging that, letting them know it's a great profession to get into. Those are, those are some great things. And I I think would be good is for how, how can owners attract women into the car wash industry? That might be something we want to talk about later on. Absolutely. And, and I think that's, that is one of the topics that I'm sure we'll be, we'll be taking up. And what I will say is that, you know, I've, I've emceed the last couple of times that sort of employee of the year awards that are, that are, that are offered uh-huh. at the car wash show. Um, and the last few years they've been women. So, or, or among the women, among the winners have right. been women, young women. So it's exciting. I, I think it's just, I think it's really great. And you're right. We've got to figure out how to attract them, how to retain them how to motivate them, how to mentor them. Yeah. Good stuff. Good, good. So if people want to find out more about uh, your company and more about what you can do and they, they realize that their, their employee manual is written on a napkin, where can they go to get some help? <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. Well, don't send me the napkin. I'm going to get inundated with napkins, and I, I I'm good on the napkin front. Um, well, first of all, they can they can email me directly. So it's Claudia at affinityhrgroup.com and or contact at affinityhrgroup.com. That's our website, affinityhrgroup.com. And if you want to see a menu of the services that we provide to car washes, go to you know, affinityhrgroup.com forward slash ICA. And that'll give you the full menu of services that we have. And there's a contact us button on our website. And uh, yeah, the, our initial consultations are free. Um, we have deeply discounted pricing for car wash um, associates, mem- members of the Car Wash Association. Yeah, I'll contact you. We'll, we'll put their contact information in our show notes and probably a link to your book. We'll talk about your book later on, but... Um, but we'll also put a link on our show notes at the, the howofcarwashing.com. So, Claudia, this has been fantastic. I've taken a bunch of notes that I'm going to go back and refer to. And uh, this is a subject I'm I'm not good at this, but I'm very passionate about it because I want my car washes to be a great place to work. And, and I need to learn about these things. And so I appreciate people like you and I appreciate organizations like you. And uh, you inspire me to be better. So I appreciate that. Uh, well, thank you for that. And I did remember what I was going to say, which is that unlike, you know, an ADP or paychecks or whatever, you don't have to have a contract to contact us and work with us. You can just call us with a one-off question. So we are a resource to you. Please use us. You, we, we have made it as, as barrier is as, as barrierless as possible. You don't, you don't need to have a huge financial commitment to have expert HR support. So we're here for you. Yeah, that's fantastic. And people that, that have not delved into this, that that's a huge benefit, um, you know, not to have to sign a contract uh, 
you know, and you can, you can work with her on any level you want to. And, and I guess I would recommend call Claudia sooner than later. Don't call her when you're heading to the courthouse, <laughs> you know, try to do it sooner and, uh, and, and save yourself a lot of aggravation, but you want to do it for your employees too. Right. Absolutely. So, so they're, they're, they're a big part of the, of the equation of a good car wash is your employee team, your Absolutely. team. So do what, do what you can to take care of them and, and make a great environment. And I think you'll see the payback and dividends with your customers and, and your volume. Excellent. So. Excellent. Claudia, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, this ends this episode of the How of Car Washing. Please go out to iTunes or Stitcher and put a comment. Let us know what you think. If you've got ideas on topics, we'd love to hear from you as well. Uh, Go to those two areas or you can go directly to our website, www.thehowofcarwashing.com. This is David Begin. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time on the How of Car Washing. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you missed part one and two, you can find them at thehowofcarwashing.com. And thanks to our show sponsor, Focused Car Wash Solutions. Thank you for listening to The How of Car Washing. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com and leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on The How of Car Washing.